that I want to have faith in humans. Give me something to believe in. Earth below me, sky above me, fire within me. Brought to you by UPRN Network. I'm Trish Moe, and this is The Missing Piece. Good evening, New Orleans. This is The Missing Piece. I'm your host, Trish Moe. It is Monday, May 23rd, and I, well, before I forget again, I want to thank Carnation for sponsoring uh, my first hour. And tonight, I'm super excited to have Brad Kelly back. He, uh, I, we initially spoke on uh, Chasing Prophecy, and he is, for those of you that don't know, um, a sci-fi writer, co-host of Art of Darkness podcast. Uh, he's a tarot and friend of ghosts, and also author of what has become such an intriguing uh, read of, of mine lately, The House of Sleep. Um, and so you can find him, I will have him repeat this later, and also list it on my website as well. It's also listed on the, um, the tags in this post as well, bradkellyesque.com. Mm-hmm. And so welcome, Brad. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for for having me back. This is uh, this is exciting. I had so much fun on uh, uh, when we met on the other show. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, this is great. Yes. And I promised I would tell you how, you know, all the synchronicities, how it came to be that um, all of this is happening right now, actually. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into yeah. that later. Okay, great. Um, so, so, Brad. For the listeners who are not familiar with you, um, mm-hmm. kind of tell us, tell us your background. What's my what's my deal? Uh, what is yeah. your deal? What's your story? <laughs> yeah, who sent so, you? <laughs> that's a good question. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, I guess my primary uh, my primary thing is I'm I'm a novelist. So you mentioned House of Sleep. Uh, I've I have that book. I'm I'm working on a book now. I, I a lot of short stories out and. Um, I went and got a master's of fine arts uh, in creative writing a few years back, uh, many years back now. You say uh, that so nonchalantly. Yeah, I just went and got my <laughs> master's degree. Like, no big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's just a part of the puzzle, you know. So, um, so I, I did that and and um, wrote a book during those times and, and got to meet a lot of other writers and and uh, uh, really kind of develop myself as as an artist. Um, and in the meantime, I've kind of picked up some other um, outlets. Tarot in particular has grabbed me pretty deeply. Um, I, I write about the tarot. I, I, in fact, I just gave somebody a tarot reading over over Zoom just before oh, logging wow. on with you. So I'm, I'm kind of starting to do that with with, you know, people that I meet online or whatever. Um, and the do you other do collective readings, collective readings, like with multiple mm-hmm. people. Yeah, just just like yeah. a broad, yeah, collective. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I do. This was one on one. I like mm-hmm. that's kind of what I want is one on one, but w- for anybody who wants them. So, um, so I'll tell that to your audience if they if they want a uh, a tarot reading, they can they can find a, a way to contact me on my website or Twitter or whatever. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and then the other the other big um thing that I do now is uh, I've been doing it for a little over a year. Uh, a good friend of mine, the great playwright Kevin Kautzman, 
and I, we do a podcast called Art of Darkness. That's at Art of Dark Pod on Twitter or artofdarkpod.com. Um, and we do in-depth um, biographical conversations about great artists that we love and, and appreciate, focusing a little bit on the dark side of the creative process, whether that be... Well, any fill in the blank for what you think we've we've covered people who've had, you know, drug issues. We've covered people who've uh, who've, you know, committed crimes, who've been um, possibly demonically possessed. Um, and, and then and then also just people who maybe don't have an obvious dark side and maybe trying to find what that could be, because I think everybody has everybody has that shadow side. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. So, you know, we've had episodes on about. A whole slew of people. Uh, most recently, uh, this English science fiction, or not science fiction, English um, scary story, strange story writer, Robert Aikman. We did an episode on him. Um, and we've got many more kind of coming up this summer. So so that's, that's me in a nutshell, podcasting about artists and art and writers and writing myself and, and trying to figure out the tarot and trying to use it to help people to some extent. So that's okay. pretty much me. Yeah, he downplays all of that so much. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, as as an artist myself, I I took art appreciation um, mm -hmm. in numerous forms over mm -hmm. or different um, different periods and stuff. And you have a such a variety of people that you of artists you've covered. That's it's yeah. amazing. It's actually um, there's a a lot of information there mm -hmm. um yeah we we try to do uh we we try to give it our some of our episodes are three hours long i mean we try to tell the full story of this person and and not in in it's i think kevin and i are friends and so it's it can be kind of chatty and we try to have fun with it but we we try <laughs> to make it so the leave the 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 listener walks away thinking hey i really actually kind of understand who this person is now and what they and did and what the significance it. was yeah so yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then your tarot. Okay. You know, yeah. So <laughs> so he he failed to mention how he has you know, everybody creates um when they when they take um their own interpretation of of tarot cards, um, mm -hmm. and they kind of, you know, give each one a story. Mm -hmm. Brad's it are like little profound snippets <laughs> oh thank you of amazingness because <laughs> you. um you know you i i've seen so many different decks and so many different um you know, the descriptions and everything from from various readers and mm -hmm. it's always i mean sure the art and everything stands out and each artist is is an individual and each each person um who creates those decks or even interprets them um obviously is individual but they're they're still all pretty much um kind of the same you know from the original like the rider weight mm -hmm. um descriptions with with very very few variations from that but brad's are um, amazing amazing <laughs> um yeah, that's it's been you know I struggled with I, I writing for me is a I mean I like to create I, I have a book out and I write short stories and I'm working on another book and I, I like it for the creative output but that's how I understand things too so so in the in the writing of House of Sleep I came to understand a great deal about many things um, at least from from my perspective I came to understand these things and. 
and I was learning the tarot and I was getting what I thought was to be was proficient at reading tarot spreads for other people. And so my natural question is, well, how do I get deeper? How do I understand this stuff more? I was reading quite a lot about what many other people have written about the tarot. Um, and the natural course was for me was to start writing about each one. And then they kind of came out the way that they came out. Um, I, so they're not for, for people who are um, maybe new to the tarot and curious about it. Um, I think that they're valuable. They're probably not the place to start, I wouldn't say. Um, in terms of like, hey, I want to know what this one card means. Let me go on Brad's site. It's probably useful, but there's, there's, uh, I think there's maybe a 101 explanation for a card that might be a little bit easier from the start. But if you have some familiarity oh, with right. these, I think they will give you an extra twist on them, an extra way of looking at them without being contradictory to the great work that's been done by Rachel Pollock and, and everybody else who's, who's written about the tarot so well. There, yes, uh, like I said, not to discredit anyone else who's who's um, because tarot's anything is left up to interpretation. Yeah, I mean right. by everyone. So, um, but I do have just as an example. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can read it. I was going to say, can oh. I read this little snippet of the I... High Priestess? It's amazing. Go for it, or I, I'll read it. I could read yes, it. Yes, you, you want. can read this. Okay, it take, will take me a second. That's to pull one of my it favorites here. on your. Okay, on your... okay. Let me let me pull um, that up. Well, I don't want to read the whole thing. So, what part are you thinking? Oh, I, I the part there's an ocean that starts okay. with that. It's like middle. Okay. Um, yeah. And I was going to ask. I I know a lot of people. Surprisingly, I didn't know the whole story until recently mm -hmm. about the um, origination of tarot. Wasn't even had nothing to do with the occult actually it was just yeah, a normal just card a, game it was a game as far as anybody mm -hmm. can tell there's there's a lot of rumors about um it having tendrils back to egypt and certainly yes. in the late 19th century that was the perspective that was what people chose to to, to the story to tell about it but yeah it, it, by by all accounts whatever the the historians are able to actually nail down it's it's it was just it was a game Mm -hmm. I think it probably the reason it resonated with people was it probably corresponded to some older things. So I don't think there's a direct line from Egypt, but I think but, you started uh, shaping it around these things. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I've heard on they they put it it started on little um tablets like mm -hmm. uh stone type type tablets mm -hmm. and such in different in Greece and and in Egypt yeah. and and then of course the cards that were just considered a game were were yeah. Italy right so it was like wealthy yeah but it was yeah. only wealthy people and they and the reason they got those was because it was all hand painted um, pictures yeah, yeah a wealthy cards, so. a wealthy family would would um, it, the the first tarot deck where you can see a direct lineage based on like information and what cards are included in the deck is the uh, Visconti Sforza deck which he was a uh, he was like the magister of Milan in the late 1300s, I believe, and he had commissioned mm -hmm. a deck. But you have to assume that probably there were probably previous decks before that. I, I think it probably was. It was like a it was a game that the wealthy would play. So you'd have you know friends over for a banquet or a dinner, and afterwards you guys are tippling wine, and you break out this you know this game that you had some artist from the city you know paint each card and and then. You know, and I think the reason it was able to to sort of resonate was I think they were picking up on older patterns, but 
you see in the Visconti's Forza deck, it had all these like moments from this force of family. And I oh. think you put the a person's life into the card and then it's like, well, into the deck. And then it's like, well, that person, everybody's lives are similar in some ways, right? There's births and deaths and love, right. and, you know? And so you have this game based on somebody else's life. Suddenly it's resonating for you too, because there's at least there's enough overlap between everybody's you know experience that suddenly it's like this is this is the game of my life you know so i i think it could kind of, and then it kind of could evolve from there but but that is the legend is it just started as a game that people that people played and the rule nobody even knows what the rules are actually so nobody actually knows how to play tarot apparently that's what they say i mean <laughs> it's kind of like um well i and i mean back then i think it was it's like chess in in medieval times you know that was everybody was just a game but mm -hmm. i mean kings and and like lords and stuff used it to in in like a military type you mm -hmm. know strategy mm -hmm. so right. and sorry. even just training your problem solving and your strategy right i mean mm -hmm. it's it's yeah it's it's excellent at all that stuff so so yeah the overlap between games and and something like divination i don't think is that I don't think it's that big of a big of a leap to go from one to the next. Well, and it's funny. I I just recently um, saw at at an, a haunted location where they had sold a in an estate sale a um, pendulum that Milton Bradley uh, had Ooh. created a game a children's yeah. game you know from like Gosh. the '60s, and I was like. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, you're really dabbling with the occult when you're what? doing pendulums. And well, what? that's that's what's funny about the Ouija board. It's like mm -hmm. we had a Ouija board in my house growing up, and it was made by Parker Brothers. And you're like, do they know we're like contacting spirits right. with this yeah. thing? Like, <laughs> it seems a little. We were doomed. Uh, yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. They they just set us up. <laughs> that's that's true, right? Yeah, just yeah, just put that in your house. Have the kids play with it. They'll have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Um, I, I will read this part. So you yes, just want the one little do. paragraph, I'm assuming. The I, little... I love, yes, okay, the, okay. the yeah. middle. Did you find that? Yes, I did. I've got it here. Yeah, so this is from this is from the bit I wrote on, on High Priestess. There is an ocean inside of us. I did not create the metaphor, though my fingers worry over it in my pocket, keep it warm and loaded. The magician's work is never done. Whether you think in images or words, these seem like things you've created scenes out the window at least of the vessel which you pilot but look more closely trace how a thought begins and consider whether it is truly yours you'll see i think that it slips into existence all on its own like particles winking alive unbeckoned in a physicist's vacuum that is the unconscious speaking to you that is sea creatures leaking into the boat from just below the surface on which you sail I do like oh, that. Oh my goodness, I love it. <laughs> I, yes. I do like that. Well, because people yeah. uh, so often, you know, are, are compared to um, uh, our lives, anyways, to mm -hmm. to the ocean and mm -hmm. and um, water is one of my favorite elements. So I think that's yeah. why, and boats as well. The same, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. No, it's it's it's. There's a reason that people called their ships gave them names and mm -hmm. referred to them as her right and I, I know it can maybe seem like a little sexist now or something but i think it was actually done out of fondness and affection and and really thinking of this thing as sort of your 
companion and partner you know yeah this and it's the same it's it's i i guess a lot of cars too have been mm -hmm. named um you know at female names and, mm -hmm. and such but mm -hmm. um their their vessel or, or your your vehicle you know that mm -hmm. you drive so mm -hmm. yeah i thought that was amazing and yeah, then thanks. your short stories too are like <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah i mean the, i have i have a lot a lot of crazy stuff go through my head uh, yeah. all the time i'm sure mm -hmm. um but um and i'm not saying all of yours is crazy yeah that's kind of <laughs> most of it saying, is <laughs> but i'm saying um to be able to organize that into all of these you know very philosophical um stories is yeah. is amazing and in very creative so yeah, it's highly I, impressive i yeah i appreciate that yeah there's some short stories on my website i don't write it, it's hard for me to um shift gears when i'm working on a novel it's hard for me to shift gears and work on anything else so I, I don't really write short stories until unless I'm like between drafts on a longer work. But um, yeah, those, those are fun. There's I'm, I'm, I, I have an idea for a short story right now that that I'm going to get out at, at, of me soon. So yeah. and <laughs> I are, think the same thing. I'm like, yeah. oh, I've got this children's story and then mm -hmm. I'll, like start, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll start it and then I'll forget about it. Literally, uh, like uh, for five years or so. Oh, yeah. And yeah. um you know, find it in a file or something or like, I have poetry like scribbled on pages. It's <laughs> lovely though. It's, 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 it's good to have a relationship with that. So the uh, writing for me, it's sort of my primary pursuit. So I do other things that I enjoy doing, but that's, I, I it's every day. It's every day. So, um, I kind of treat it, you know, as anybody out there who's listening, who's a writer knows it's not very lucrative these days, but, um, you uh you have to kind of treat it like a job so that's that's what i do yeah. and um well we on on the network um joe montaldo you, you know he does the the writers of the future um so that's yeah. it's really interesting um and i'll go on there <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should and and they have an interesting you'll have to check it out they they have a well you've already you, you already have published work but but as yeah. far as the way they they judge their um competitions and such you know it's it's oh, cool it's all very fair and um it's interesting how they and they've they found a lot of um you know undiscovered um oh that's cool that's yeah cool. writers and yeah. and artists and stuff too they they do yeah. um yeah well, i definitely like want, I definitely, want to take, I definitely want to take a look at that that's awesome that's awesome that he's doing that now what so have you have you been doing have you been writing your entire life i mean was yeah. it just something that yeah that's a good question kind of i i, I um i think some of my earliest memories are wanting to write stuff and writing stuff so it was like elementary school even first and second grade i was making comic books right writing them and drawing them and and uh it just kind of evolved over time and then oh, wow. it just never went away you know I, I i went off to college to do some other things and it just never it never went away so i just at some point you know my very early 20s it was sort of like well i what if i just took this really seriously rather than like instead right. of like it's fun and interesting what if i was like what if i took it really really seriously and since then it's been 
you know, good things have happened and there's been there's been ups and downs and 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 dry periods and super creative periods and and sleepless nights and and uh you know um moving cross country in pursuit of it and that sort of thing but it's been it's been an adventure it's been amazing what is your opinion i mean i it, and it's most times it's pretty obvious i'm i'm sure most people don't even realize that there's now because when i you know i when I wrote, it was just like pen and paper, mm-hmm. you know, old school, like journal style. Mm-hmm. But most people don't realize, because I just learned this uh, this year, actually. There's like AI programs. Oh, no. <laughs> Burn them. Burn them. That will completely, <laughs> you give it a, this was an ad, literally, on, on like yeah. YouTube or something. And you give it a word, and it'll write an entire paragraph for you. And I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. What is this? Especially like yeah. since you know I have kids, I'm like that's cheating. It is. I used cheating. to get you know yeah. like my from holding a pencil. You know you get the writer's cramp and stuff. Yeah. Even just in school when your teachers mm-hmm. made you write mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and do book reports and things like that, and it, you have to do so many pages. And now there's a like there's artificial intelligence that yeah, just, just gonna do it. Yeah. You just I, being, I, think I, of a word, and now you have a whole book. And I'm like. What? <sighs> I don't like it. I, that irritates I mean, me. That... I don't. I yeah. I, I'm I'm an old. I'm I'm too. I'm old school. I guess I, I am reaching this point where it's like I'm seeing stuff progress past where I want it to. You know, where I'm like, ah, oh, no, we don't have to do that. Um, I I think. I mean, I, I think the AI writing stuff is a mistake personally. And uh, there's, absolutely. Yeah. There's a there's a couple of reasons for it. I mean, one is as as a writer, there are writers have different relationships to style and the individual Mm -hmm. sentence i am what is referred to sometimes negatively as a sentence worshiper so i am a you rewrite that sentence as many times as it takes until it's perfect oh Um, yes yeah and so yeah and so and not everybody does and i don't feel like it's you absolutely have to it's different approaches so to me the ai thing is 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 it's a little offensive almost. It's mm-hmm. like you're gonna do, you're gonna, you're gonna just take that this away from me somehow. That like this is no longer a well, something to do. Yeah. And have you ever used the, And I like I tried it and I deleted it right away. Yeah. I yeah. tried. Um, Grammarly. Yes, yes, yeah. that's the one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of cool. Maybe it'll help with like the new back when mm-hmm. APA style first came out. And mm-hmm. um, not that there was anything wrong with regular like spell check. I mean, which right. still has its flaws. Yeah. But um, I was like, okay, and and it completely changed my sentence. And I'm like, well, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's exactly yeah. what I meant. Right. Not how you. <laughs> Right. Well, and and that and this is the thing. This is where it's. I I don't like Grammarly. I wouldn't use Grammarly. I understand why people want it. I understand you know people want their emails to be efficient or whatever. And I, I, I get see that. In like business or maybe mm-hmm. even like some type of copywriting or you know something that and, doesn't have. And if um, English isn't your or, yeah, and if yeah. English isn't your first language and you're trying to oh, communicate absolutely. with people, I sure. But but this is the thing, writing to me. I don't think I think writing is indistinguishable from thinking. And for me, I don't know. I 
I think most people don't really think, and I include myself in this the majority of the time, right? The one time I know Sometimes when I'm, I wish I wouldn't. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But the one time, the one time I know I'm thinking is when I'm writing. Right. Yes. So if you take that away from me, then I I feel like I become a um an automaton or something. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I think it's I think it's dangerous. And then I I seeing young people using that before they know how to write at all like skipping over learning how to write just normal sentences and going right to that that's going to there are going to be problems associated with that on the face of it it doesn't seem like a big deal yeah you know but not just from that from from texting and Mm -hmm. you know um social media everything here Mm -hmm. we have we abbreviate everything you know and and so all of a sudden we're in this generation where where there's people around me saying lol like out loud in a conversation (laughs) and i'm or like yeah and i'm like Mm -hmm. wait are we in a text right now (laughs) and my you know my my teenager comes home all the time with new new sayings i'm like i don't I don't know what that means. Is that an abbreviation? Is that <laughs> so? Yeah. It, it really does, and I think I think that's what is so great about the way that you write. Because and uh, even um, diving into kind of the um, mentality behind um, in, in your podcast as well, mm-hmm. which behind artist work, mm-hmm. um, because that's the humanity of it you know that's that's what makes us um communication and and connectedness Um, yeah even even in the pursuit of art is when it's you know sometimes at its finest but it's not even it isn't even just that right it's it's just the being able to being able to think being able to communicate being able to Mm -hmm. you know and and you know being then being able to read well too you know like um if you're not getting the practice of having to write stuff or how well are you reading stuff when you do read yes. it, right and now i'm not saying just reading a book for entertainment or you know but reading anything reading an mm-hmm. article online about something are you able to actually parse out what's happening here can you read between the lines or have you outsourced your thinking to grammarly you know it's yeah it's, it's uh, to me it's a really serious consideration i think you got to be careful what crutches you give yourself in in everything you know we absolutely need, we always need stuff to lean on but you have to be i feel like you've got to be careful to have too many of them you forget how to do and, stuff well and that's that's the crazy thing i read a statistic and this was like 10 15 years ago that i that i read this that most adults after college age or even after around 27 28 years old never pick up another book for the rest of their life that outside of like your typical you know instruction manual or like they're reading like a news article or email or something to do with work for enjoyment or intellectual learning you know to increase their knowledge they never pick up another book for the rest and i'm like 
Like, wh- why would you want to go on if you couldn't right. read? Right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm in that you same. Know? I'm in that same get. It's so, funny. So I to have, me, I can't yeah. fathom that. Like, I've got like some trips coming up where I'm going to be on the plane for a long period of time, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get like several hours that all I've got to do is read. I don't have to do anything else. Right. Just, like, yeah. I'm excited about it. Like, I'm really excited about being on the plane for five hours because of that. So, yeah, to me, that like never read a book. It's like. Oh, I feel bad for you, man. Like <laughs> I just, I can't even, like, I can't, that blew my mind. I cannot yeah. even imagine never reading. No. Um, and that's the problem. I think, uh, as you said, that's not only uh, not writing on our own mm-hmm. or thinking on our own, but not reading right. is dangerous right. as well. Because mm-hmm. look at the repercussions of, of not, you know how many libraries are being burned? Uh. And it, or not libraries, but books. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it kills me i'm like yeah yeah no it's 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 definitely concerning and and yeah it's it's look at all the history look at all the you know Mm -hmm. that we already have problems translating um historical um you know texts and and media and stuff and and so can you imagine just like at what point are they're not even teaching cursive anymore i'm like how are you going to read the documents that founded our country right right yeah then we forget what that was in them and then you know the Mm -hmm. next thing you know you can get you know they they can get away with anything right it's 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 a fundamental like it's fundamental to your ability to think um is is that muscle of 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 reading and, and 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 writing to a certain extent i mean i realize i'm obsessed with it not everybody is but um at least having that baseline education of it to you know how to write a sentence you know how to make a point in writing um you know um the reason they teach you when you're a kid that that there's a very specific essay style or even intro sentence and you've got your three body paragraphs and you've got a conclusion a concluding paragraph it's not it feels boring when you're in school, but but that's like the skeleton of how to make a point. And they're trying yes. to teach you how to make a point. And like, if you go out in the world and you don't know how to make a point, how are you ever going to get what you want in any situation ever? Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so you need that practice of like, okay, well, you set it up. And then you explain this part and then you explain that part, you explain this part, and then you resum it back up and there it makes sense. If you don't go through that exercise, you're, you're not even going to be able to, you're not going to be able to do that in the spoken word very well either for the most part. So no, yeah. And so, so here's, here's an interesting thought. So what do you think people who, who don't think technically what what do you think <laughs> goes through their head i mean that's that's a bad thing to say but i yeah. but i but i'm serious i mean as far as um because i'll i'll have even in public just normal conversation what to me is normal mm-hmm. and i and i understand everyone's different yeah sometimes there's language barriers and stuff mm-hmm. but even my friends and stuff they're like you like speak in tongues or something we don't we don't even know like what vocabulary you're using right now yeah well Um, there's 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 interesting research coming out now well it's been around for a while but it's coming out more and more and you're seeing now that everybody's on social media and is interacting with each other you're seeing people talk about it there are people who um think mostly in pictures and then there are people who have yes. interior dial, like have an interior monologue. Um, and then there are people who both of those seem a- like alien concepts yes. to them. 
That's like, what I mean. So what do you think those people I, in the third group? Because I could get the like I kind of yeah. do both. I think I think I do too. Yeah, I have moments where I... I'm not. I have moments where I'm not doing either though. I have to right. Yeah, right. like if I'm driving, sometimes I literally I do think I'm sort of asleep. Not really, but like I'm in automatic mode. Yeah. Own a Tesla? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you know all the turns, and you're stopping, and you're going the right speed. No, that's very common. Um, People consider like driving or like like walking or Mm -hmm. running on a track or something, um, Mm -hmm. kind of a meditation mode. They kind of go into it, right? Right. You know, a trance. Yeah. Um, So I think people who don't have an interior monologue going, I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know what's happening because I feel like it's very chatty up here for me. Um, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I know the yeah. first time I found out that happens, I, I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. like I can't. Right. Yeah. Well, my how thing you, is like, well, how do you know what to, what you're doing? Right. Next? How do you how do you like, process? Yeah. How do you get from one thing to the next? I don't I don't totally get it. Yeah. So, right. oh, so here was my where, th- this is where I was going with that. So. If speaking of, you know, how I was talking about the collective, collective mm-hmm. thoughts, collective, you know, that's where everybody in in one area, one one well, actually across the world from for that matter, um, mm-hmm. kind of like during the pandemic, you know, it all all the information spreads. So do you think that those of us who are overthinkers uh kind of make up for the we're, non-thinkers we're and, we're and like literally right and literally project um how to i don't know be a human and survive that's, in this world like two other people yeah that's, that's a crazy that, thought that's interesting it's 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 you know i don't know yeah that's an interest that's an interesting thought i mean like well, okay, it's like so a I sci-fi spend, movie of like I just thought of like bots yeah. and you know yeah there's like, like a actual... total amount of brain processing that has to go on and if a bunch of people just aren't doing it right then what then what happens is just like reality stop um <laughs> but then there's all the people so then so so you have the zombies basically right yeah. so yeah so there's yeah. the zombies mm-hmm. and then you have I don't know like what you would call the the brain people <laughs> the, but yeah, i don't know i don't know yeah <laughs> but um but yeah that's that's cr- like well there's a i mean the the the, the internet because, now refers to these people as npcs right and this comes from video games non-playable non-player characters and the idea is like oh, it's just people who are out there who aren't thinking i i don't like to think that about people but i do think you do no. run into cases of it where it's like that person's not paying attention to themselves even right i have and i have many mm. stories of why i've often Mm. thought that in life but yes i i do think that and maybe it's you know when i started getting deeper into remembering past lives and all this what if those people you know what if they had like 
this specific life of mine, mm. I'm like, has been a shit show and has been pretty damn difficult. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, maybe the next one, I'm going to be one of those people that just kind of like, you know, they always have good luck and do to do like everything that, going great. And put that bad boy just, in cruise control. And right. Just, living their yeah. life. Like yep. <laughs> their vessel is on autopilot. Right? Yeah. We'll see. That's so the thing is maybe every other should... lifetime. Oh, I see what you're saying. You take a break. Right. And then you get bored you in have... that one. And so the next right. one, you're like, I want some action. And, you, you have uh, to kind of like recharge that battery and then and then all of a sudden you know i like that i like that yeah so maybe that's the maybe that's the the humanitarian compassionate view is you see somebody who you feel like is a npc and you just think you know what they're like a little they're like a little buddha that person's <laughs> taking it easy they're chilling they've had a tough one in the past they will again in the future and, yeah you know they're on their like you know astral plane smoke break right now just let them have it <laughs> and so and this i mean nowadays you know there, and there's the whole simulation mm. um theory after like 2012 and all of that mm -hmm. um or even y2k depending on um your beliefs but there are days all like um it's like groundhog day and it so this seriously happened. There was a groundhog at my house for like three days. You know, when I was working from home, I'd see mm -hmm. it out my window and I'm like, okay. And then every day I'd come home and the same series of events would happen. Whoa. I'm like, bike ride. You know, because at first I, I was, go I'd go to get out of my car and almost hit this guy on a bike. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. the second day, even a different time, I think it was like an hour later or something. I almost hit him again. I'm like, that's two. Yeah. Yeah. Third time. I'm like, bike, <laughs> you know, siren. Oh. Uh, what? And I'm like, wow. We really are in a game. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Then what okay. do you make of that? Yeah. We had, um, my wife and I had a bunch of synchronicities the other day. And it was, we, like, by the fourth one, we both looked at each other and were like, you saw that, right? You did see that because that, <laughs> we, somebody mentioned that. And then two minutes later, it happened. Like, that was yes. weird. Yeah. Yes. That happens. Yeah all the time in my mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. um which actually get, brings me back to the house of sleep <sighs> and yeah. yes that i i'm i'm like over halfway through it i think okay. there's like four thousand is it like four thousand pages or something I don't know. oh not page not four thousand pages that's tell it's 300 pages that, <laughs> 300 i don't yeah. know 4, because be i saw that and i oh then i'm way further than i thought okay it. okay um that was when i first downloaded it and i'm like okay man i'm gonna have to oh and if it's an ebook if it's an ebook i think they sometimes do locations and locations are like there's like a bunch of them and i don't know how it works exactly oh. but for anybody who's who's wants to check it out it's only 312 pages it's not yes then yeah. i'm way for it then i'm almost oh, okay. done with it but okay right. <laughs> but <laughs> i was like it's okay. <laughs> um so it, it's interesting i love the way you morphed uh kind of the past, present, and future, and, and not to mention the numerous, um, very unique characters you have. Where, when did you start writing that? And how uh, did it evolve? Yeah, um, I started it, so it's been out, like, purchasable for about a year now, a year and a half, and then 
I spent like almost a year before that trying to figure out what how what I was going to do with it exactly. Um, so before that, it was probably I think it took me about four years to actually write. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky to know where these ideas kind of come from. Um, the seed, the very seed of it is um, there's a guy named Terrence McKenna who some of your listeners probably know if you don't if you're not aware of him he was he i think he died in the 90s he was a big um he was a sort of a psychedelic evangelist he kind of took the mantle from timothy leary back in the day an amazing speaker and a very interesting very interesting guy and i was listening to a talk of his once and he said um you know what the most interesting drug would be would be if you could take something that made you remember your dreams it's like oh yeah that would be pretty cool i've always had an extremely vibrant dream life right just it's always been insane i explain them to people and they you know yeah. they're sort of like that's yeah, that's that that's sounds hard thing. to have <laughs> yeah. most adults don't have on average like maybe one dream a year oh, wow. that they're yeah. even aware of which is yeah. crazy to me as well so oh no i have again I, I don't have them every single night but i have them in phases so i'll have them every mm-hmm. night for a week or something i'll have insane dreams so um, so I kind of took that idea, excuse me, and Terrence McKinney, he didn't say really anything else about it. He was just like, that would be cool. Right. And kind of moved on. And I was like, well, what would that actually look like? Like, okay, how does that, well, okay, what are dreams, you know, and really starting to think about thinking about my own dreams, reading about dreams, reading about how the cultures have handled dreams, what they've meant to other cultures, um, reading about, you know, sort of union psychology regarding dreams. And then um, for the sort of format of how they took it, um, you know, thinking about various cult leaders and how those things have, have how those things have come about. I mean, part of the novel is it's this group of people um, at the House of Sleep who are taking this every night and and remembering their dreams, and gradually their dream worlds are merging together. Um, and the man in charge of it is this charismatic figure, arguably a cult leader. Um, he's bringing people to the house to to participate in this. Um, so you know that was all kind of inspired by looking at you know charismatic figures, cult leaders, and then the actual dynamics, the sort of group dynamics of it is. Um, I spent some time in ayahuasca circles and ayahuasca community, and that was a wonderful experience for me. Um, but the arrangement of it the sitting on the floor and how Mm -hmm. the day progresses and all of those kinds of things i was able to kind of port into the novel and then do something else with it um so yeah it's it's a lot about grabbing just grabbing anything that interests me and then putting it together and figuring out how it all can tell a story and sometimes it's taking very disparate elements and you put them next to each other and you know hopefully they they hopefully when you put them next to each other they vibrate that's the way that i think about it um and sometimes they don't sometimes it's that's two things that they just don't go together and you know they they've got to go into something else but so this was a process of you know okay that character makes sense and you know what what would cause somebody to go to this place what would be a reason that a person might give up their lives to go to this sort of place well you know if everything is going well in your life you probably don't give it all up to go hang out with you know a guy who might be leading a cult so thinking about how to get these people there right um yeah so some combination of 
my own reading and life experience and wow and thinking about that's these interesting things. yeah yeah so yeah do you think so. that i was just having having this discussion last week um with my guest because stephen king um who was one of my favorite um authors when i was younger mm-hmm. um used to frequent topeka where you know where i live oh, and okay all of these things started coming true like this year all the stephen king stuff yeah like and not just you know in in i wasn't even the one that actually realized or knew about it or anything Mm -hmm. um you know they they brought back um big boy the train that had been out of service since like 1940 something um steam engine and then you Mm. know my daughter and i stumbled upon this pet cemetery and um there's yeah there's so many that are that he actually based um out of kansas because he he visited a lot Mm. and um okay yeah uh, when his brother i think was in the asylum here which is oh, also I've never heard this. Oh, I've never heard this oh story. Goodness. Yeah. So some of the workers had mentioned that, you know, just randomly out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just... <laughs> so do you think, and, and there's even been, you know, if you go back to like um, the never ending story, you know, which most people are familiar with, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how realistic do you think it is? that i even have a, a a sign by my door every my bedroom door that says write the story of your life every day mm-hmm. so how realistic do you think it is that we actually um do that and yeah. and your book it maybe that's why it's it's so mm-hmm. profound to me because um, i i think it's i think it's totally i mean i i think i think it's absolutely true i'll, I'll give you a, a couple of examples that aren't me. I have some of my own examples that uh, that are challenging to explain, but for other people. So um, one is uh, <laughs> my friend Kevin, who I run Art of Darkness with. He's a he's a playwright. He writes plays. Um, he oh, wrote nice. a he wrote a play about being about two content moderators online, right? People that have to like watch all these terrible videos and like decide whether to get rid of them or not. And he wrote this play about the, this happening, right? And then, like a year later, he sort of f- stumbled into this position of being a content moderator. Um, and it was sort of he didn't go looking for it; it kind of found him, which is very strange, right? So he just wrote he sort of wrote this into his reality. Very weird. Um, there's a comic book artist named, uh, sorry, writer named Grant Morrison, most famous for the Invisibles, but he wrote a bunch of um, he wrote a bunch of Batman and, and other things. If, people out there are familiar with like the Arkham Asylum part of Batman, the, the games and whatnot. That was sort of his creation among many other things. And he's extremely interesting and talented guy. Um, he um, gradually merged according to him with w- the main character of his invisible series. Um, wow. He, he, at, at some point he, um, there's multiple instances of this, but the one that I remember is the character in his story was attacked with some kind of toxin that affected the liver, right? That happened in the story within a few months. He had um, the writer himself, Grant Morrison had like near liver failure. 
So he'd like caused this to happen to him, according to him. That's his own yes. story, right? And then on the writer Philip K. Dick, who we're covering on Art of Darkness uh, next month, um, he wrote Blade Runner. Um, he wrote uh, uh, Flow My Tears, the policeman said. He wrote The Man in the High Castle, which was just an Amazon series not that long ago. He wrote a bunch of stuff, Minority Report. He wrote a bunch of stuff that got turned into movies after he died. He... Um, he his last like two or three books he wrote as sci-fi and he claimed that they they were real that he had experienced these he'd lived these lives on interdimensionally um and the the easy thing to say was like he had some kind of psychotic break or something right but he'd actually predicted a number of things happening that did come oh, yeah. to pass right so yeah, yeah which yeah i'm sure you're familiar with he didn't <laughs> see any of this coming one day he like woke up at a pink laser beam from outer space was shooting information into his head and it all turned out a lot of it turned out to be real um yeah. he struggled with that for like the last decade of his life just like what is what is happening to me why do i know this stuff um so yeah i think it's, i think it's hard i'm i'm sure i don't have that i you know i don't have those experiences <laughs> i sort of thankfully but i'm also maybe a little bit envious but um but but in terms of art i mean i think i think artists are i think we're participating in some kind of process that we don't really understand and we're only kind of brushing against it um everybody who does stuff everybody who writes and paints and makes music at some point they will talk about it didn't even feel like it was me doing it oh and absolutely right right so you're in contact with like i said some kind of process that's very difficult to understand and this might be the only way to access it is to achieve that kind of flow state where you're producing the thing so. And I, I say that all the time about, you know, when people, I, I don't really like the word psychic because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't believe in psychics. I think either we've already lived it mm. or something else outside of ourselves is giving us that information. Mm -hmm. And, and when I say we've already lived it, you know, I don't, I also don't believe in a, a time construct, which is another reason about your story because um past present and future you know in, in the space time mm -hmm. continuum and stuff mm -hmm. um that's how many psychics it, it gets confusing because we're we're living in different timelines all the time and so the past present and future don't really you know they they they're they all exist all the time and yeah. so um when you talk about there i think that that many people write stories that seem like sci-fi or, or comic books or things like that mm -hmm. um, based on very true events. You know, and that's mm -hmm. the thing about my life and everybody has all the time asked me, why don't I write a book? I'm, and, and I'm like, okay, well, which is, you know, we manifest things through writing, through affirmations, through, and, and no, I don't like cast spells. I'm talking about for myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I were to write about the bad things of like about my own life, something bad that's happened, I'm putting energy into that to happen again. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> you're, you right. know, then you're creating your own loop basically yeah. of, of tragedies and, and, and some people <clears throat> like that, you know, but, um, but I think it's more accepted nowadays the the weirdness 
It seems so. it seems like it is, or or I've just put it out there, and people have been fine with. It. I don't know, but yeah, I, I, well, I, you make a really good point about um, <clears throat> like to write this stuff. You you would you're gonna if you're gonna write about the negative things that have happened to you, then you've got to kind of at a bare minimum you have to live those emotionally while you're writing yes. them, right? And it, I do think there's more going. I do think you're you're inserting yourself back into a loop, and as a as a writer, like that's it's like an occupational hazard yeah yeah to do that. it's <laughs> yeah. like yeah it's like yeah okay I, you know what like like house of sleep isn't um it's not auto, very autobiographical at all but the handful of things some of the worst moments in there are um like mirror images or something of stuff that's happened to, in my life right? i've taken little aspects of right. and yeah so it's like okay i have to take the worst thing that ever happened to me and spend a good month figuring out how to make that interesting reading you know it's like it'd be much easier to just i just won't ever think about that again <laughs> e well, easier in quote, and, and quotation marks. And, and it's not it's not always you know it's it's i think it's a good thing which mm -hmm. you know i purposely uh do write some things down to process that because once you pro mm -hmm. that's that's ascension that's that's healing you know that's mm -hmm. that's process that's dealing with your shadow side mm -hmm. and doing your shadow work um but there are certain things you know that um it, if there aren't witnesses in my that like people think my life is a movie because it's there's sci-fi things happen all the time you know yeah, and so yeah. it, the reason I, I was gonna say as far as artists go i'll have to send you some of these pictures i i visited this asylum in uh, saint joe missouri oh, and okay. they had an art program it's it's closed down i mean it's it's mm -hmm. incredibly haunted um but aside from all the amidst all the torturous devices these they had amazing like amazing art there that is just forgotten and has so many messages in it and i'm mm. like i'm like did people even look at this right like, right people this, are, oh, this, this is just great this is just crazy and throw right. off to the side yeah. i'm like this guy collected yeah. eggshells for an entire year and made a you know like a mosaic giant picture of multiple faces of events Whoa. that had happened and i'm like do you like right. yeah and no yeah like nobody's 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 really yeah 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 it's no it's just sitting in the dark you know like oh and there's so many there's others that have like these subliminal you know that messages that make mm -hmm. sense now but they're from like the 50s or 60s wow. you know and wow. and you, you're like they even realize what yeah. like in between shock therapy or something like what these people were creating right and the administrators the administrators are probably like well this is just a good way to keep them busy for a while it's just like let them work on it's, some art yeah. and you know yeah. that way they don't get themselves into trouble or whatever and yeah yeah no this is i mean this is the thing i i think the i think the the practice of any art is I think I think if you go way way back in history and I'm talking like before farming right like deep into history I think all of the things that we would now think of as like occult practices oh and and the arts I think it was all indistinguishable from each other 
you know i think you went think down so. into a cave yeah. and you you painted something on a cave and then you told a story and you danced and you you know you tried to summon whatever was your magical practices the magical practices of your people at the time and i think it was all kind of one thing there weren't seams in between any of these things i don't think and now we've got like well you're writing a book and you're making an album and mm -hmm. you're painting a picture and it's all kind of broken apart but i don't think it was always like that i think see uh, i don't i don't break mine apart though like i yeah. you know there's like themes yeah like like a book or a movie or like an ad there's an outline in my mm -hmm. day and mm -hmm. i'll go out you know skipping through through nature whatever people yeah. think witches do and and then all of a sudden <laughs> i'll go like paint it and mm. you know incorporate the um use natural like clay um or or use my dried flowers in her so use parts of that in my art and then oh, i'll cool. go write about it and Very so cool. yeah it's so it isn't a, yeah it is you are living that kind of <laughs> shamanic old yeah that's awesome kind of that's a, amazing but but i wonder you know nowadays even in schools do you think that especially since since you research a lot of the historical artists there's actually there's a um mural um in the, the art district where i have my studio and that says artists live forever mm. and i think that's true because mm -hmm. especially look the historical we we don't even understand every time i look at historical art i i interpret something or i see something mm -hmm that I didn't see before, you know, like 10 years mm -hmm. ago, even if it's, if it's something that a lot of us are familiar with, like, like Michelangelo or, or any of those. Um, yeah. So do you think that you evolved that way as well in your, in your writing yeah. in the same manner? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think it's part of the, the, or are you asking do I think if I think I'm gonna live forever by writing? Well, well, no. I mean, I mean, do you think that as you evolve as a person, like mm -hmm. if you were to go mm -hmm. back to the beginning of House of Sleep, even though it's only been a, yeah. a few years, yeah, your even your own, even though you wrote it, your mm -hmm. own perspective of the entire story would be completely different. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no, you're absolutely right. They're they're they're. Um, I probably appreciate it more. Yeah, yeah. You can't. I can't unentang. I can't disentangle. Like I've told people before. Like somebody just the other day, I was kind of talking about this book, and um, uh, they were sort of saying, "Wow, that's a really long time." Like, how do you, you know, how do you have sort of the patience or whatever for that? And I, I can't, don't really have an explanation for that. But the one thing I know is like the reason it's captivating to me is because it's like it is entangled with the it, it's changing my life to work on it in small ways and that, that that makes it sound like it's maybe some like kind of self-help kind of thing it's really not it's subtler than that but yeah you go into well, it, it with one thing and you come out of it the other end and you're like for me writing it i go through a pretty intense journey figuring out understand coming to understand these characters starting to think of them as, as real people putting them through an experience, you know, refracting my own experiences through it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all caught up in, in my sort of psycho spiritual development. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how to do it any other way, really. Well, and also I think, I think we appreciate things it, as a whole for 
um, you know, there's been even throughout history, there's been so many people who have been executed and stuff. And and then all of a sudden, 100 years later, we're, we're like, oh, man, sorry, yeah. that was our bad. Like, he was a genius. <laughs> Yeah. Whoops. You know, and I do the yeah. same with my own like poetry and stuff that when mm -hmm. I was like 17, 18, 20, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I look back at it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, did I even yeah. realize what depth? And I probably didn't. I 100 yeah. percent didn't at the time. I was just like scribbling mm -hmm. something down, you know, like the channeling mm -hmm. like you spoke of um, to write. Yeah. Yeah. And so oh, there's so I many think... there's so many examples of that. So yeah. like one person that comes to mind immediately, there's this writer named John Kennedy Toole. He wrote Confederacy of Dunces. They wrote one other book that's called oh. Neon Bible. <laughs> Confederacy of Dun Dunces is like generally thought to be one of the greatest novels of the 20th century, right? <clears throat> like eh, from critics to, to academics to everybody. <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me, the guy who wrote it could not get it published. He was very young. He was in his early 20s. He couldn't get it published. And he was so disappointed that he unfortunately he killed himself eventually his mother talked somebody i don't remember who it was somebody at the university of indiana into taking an actual look at it and then it like through a series of of steps it got published and then it won i won i believe it won the pulitzer like and then it rapidly became <clears throat> a universally acclaimed book right and this guy just never got to show it to the right person yeah <clears throat> And yeah, so like that, that's, that, that's, that's the, that's, oh, it's, it's, it breaks my heart when I hear tragic. that story. Because the poor guy just had to hold out for another six months, you know, or whatever. Uh, and probably him dying was part of the mystique that kind of helped propel it. But it's, a, it's, it would have been, he would have made, quote unquote, made it, whatever that means. Um, and there's, you know, how many other stories might but there be? I, like I out mean, there? And, and that's, that's part of life too, that because mm -hmm. how many times do, even in your own life, have you mm -hmm. tried something new and then quit because you mm -hmm. didn't think it was doing anything? And then like mm -hmm. a few months later, if something happens that you know it would have actually been successful and you're right. kicking, you're like, oh, right. had I just right. held out yeah, a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, you never know how close you are. Like you're digging and digging and digging. You never know how close you are right. to like hitting a mother load. It could be right there for sure. Or, or even being in the wrong environment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the whole, um, what, what's the saying that, that they compare a fish to? Um, if, if a fish lives in a tree with all the birds, you know, yeah. Yeah. then <laughs> right. they're going to think they're a failure all their life right. because they right. can't fly. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's very, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I had a job like that for a while too. I was like, this is one of those fish climbing a tree jobs, isn't it? It's like, I feel real dumb here because <laughs> it's like, the, it's, yeah, I, it's, it's like I picked the worst possible job for me to try and do, you know? Like, well, and, and not only that. Things. Yeah, there's like, uh, well, there's tons of, especially in the paranormal field, you know, there's mm. all my life, I, um, I, I, people think this is crazy, but certain, certain things I thought just happened to everyone because <laughs> I don't know, I live in Oz here and, um, <laughs> well, if you, or, if it, you experience it, you don't know that the other people don't, right? Well, right. And, it. and it was yeah. so normal to me that I just thought it that's like, that's how life is. Mm -hmm. And then, it, but at the same time, 
I live in in the Midwest where people aren't as open minded as on the coast. And so it wasn't until I moved to the coast or even even networked with people, um, you know, like on on UPRN Mm -hmm. that where I'm like, even people like yourself, I'm like, there's other like there's other weirdos out there. (laughs) What? That's the best thing about the Internet. I have been isolated my entire life. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole world of weirdos. Mm-hmm. Gotta, yeah, it's great. That's place. like I said. That's the best thing about the internet is like, oh, oh you guys are into that too. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's it's so much. I fun. I do hate. Yeah. I have a love hate relationship with the internet. Oh, though. me too. Me too. Yeah, but I found. I found so many cool. I found so many friends in the last few years on there. It's I I, I can't Absolutely. hate it too much. So Absolutely. Yeah. And across yeah. the world too, you know, which mm-hmm. which especially during times like the pandemic you wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. I just thought yeah. another one. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Minnesota. Well, he's from North Dakota originally. Yeah. But isn't that another one that? And I feel like I had I was like a friend of theirs, something in a past life, and I because I was mm. never familiar with them, so I had a dream that I burned a, um, in a fire. Oh, in wow. some sort of like mental institution in a past life. And then all these dates started coming up and I, I kept seeing Scott everywhere. And I'm like, what the? Oh, well, I didn't realize that she, um, she did, she died in a fire, right? Yeah, in yeah, like North Carolina sure. or whatever. I, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> but, but that's another one mm. who wasn't mm. appreciated because everybody just thought she was crazy, but didn't he use mm. her journals? Like, yeah, she had more. They were, I don't know the full F. Scott and Zelda story. I know that it was comp. They had a little bit of like a folly ado kind of relationship where they kind of both drove each other crazy, I think. Yeah. Like they had that sort of thing where they, they both pushed each other's buttons a little bit. So yeah, she, she, I think she was critical to his creative process early on, but I think ultimate in the end, I think it was destructive. Well, because he self-destructed, so and he was with her. So, but yeah, I think I think there was I I think there was I, she was an incredibly creative person and charismatic and interesting mm-hmm. person in her own right. And I think <clears throat> certainly she put him in contact with other ideas and people and aesthetic notions that he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have you know come across necessarily on his own. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> that was part of of her resentment towards the end too. Uh, well, plus his, you know, he like moved off with other women or whatever, but, yeah. but my point is most people back then weren't even aware that she, that's where he got his idea, all of it, mm. many of his ideas mm-hmm. from until yeah. much later. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, well, so this is the thing about, this is the thing about us writers is we will just steal ideas from anywhere we can steal from. Oh, so, but, but here's, here's another thought because I just, I just made a video about this a, a few months ago because in, in the art world, it happens a lot. People are like, you stole my idea. You stole my art, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Okay. If you think of a collective consciousness though, mm-hmm. Can you really ever, you don't, you can't copyright a collective thought. You can't, no, you don't own a collective there. thought. It's just out like, there. And if that's the case, aside from cavemen, because there wasn't anybody else, 
Mm-hmm. You know, there weren't the world wasn't as populated. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have as much collective thoughts. And and that's where mm-hmm. you see the progression of art and everything else, mm-hmm. I think, because if you look at your own, it's it, essentially a collection of everything you've ever experienced or seen or read or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm plagiarizing a million. I'm, 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 it's, it's your, you're plagiarizing a million sources and your, what you're taking is so small that you can't trace them. That's, that's the trick. That's a trick of writing a novel is you just steal enough little stuff that you can't tell where it gets. Right. And everybody makes, you know, well, I mean, for the most, except for the people who actually, yes, there are people who actually do plagiarize. But, uh, but I'm talking about, there was a time when, I was, I had just painted a picture. This this was just like when all this blew my mind a few years ago. And all of a sudden on when YouTube was really big, you know, with artists and such, mm-hmm. um, somebody came, another artist had posted a picture. And what was it? It was like a butterfly and um i don't know a school or something what is my cat i'm sorry you hear that like i do something something (laughs) like um but there were three or four people online that posted the exact same not not exactly the same exact Mm -hmm. same concept of a picture Right, that right, just right. popped into my head one day, you know, and all, that's yeah. when you're like, oh, ooh, like nobody's yeah. going to think of this. And then right. somebody halfway across the world that you have absolutely no affiliation with that you've never spoken to. And you're like, how did they get my idea? Right. You know? Right. And right. there's no way aside from the energy you put into it, you know, that. Um, but but who is it the first like who puts that spark of an idea out there? Which one of us did it first? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. I mean, did, did anybody all put it? it? Was it just, all, we all put it together? It's just <laughs> right. floating out there, free floating. And that's the one that happened to get snagged in everybody's net. Like it's, I, I don't know that anybody's really got a good answer for, huh. for that, but it's, 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 it's so common. These kinds of things are so commonly identified by people that it's hard to deny that it's a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's so, it feels like it has to be what's happening is there is a, there, there is some like imaginarium dimension or something that we're all kind of tapping into. And yeah, every once in a while you you reach in at the same time and you both end up pulling out the same, whatever it is, right. Whether it's a paint, it's a painting of a butterfly or it's the, apparently the steam engine was invented like three separate times in the same decade or something like this. Like these things happen throughout history where it's just like yeah it's suddenly it's time for that idea for some reason and sometimes they're big and sometimes they're small and you ever notice a thing where and this is kind of a i don't know if it's a small or big example there are these every once in a while there will be a year where there's two movies that are almost the same movie you ever seen this happen like yes yes i remember in the 90s there was like two volcano movies in the same year I was like, why are there yes. why are there two big budget volcano movies on at the same exact time? And it has something to do with this, you know, collective well, for sure. So also another another thought I had one time about that on that note is 
people recall things from past lives, you know, especially artists, composers. Mm -hmm. That's why you have like these three year olds that can play the violin, right. you know, <laughs> like crazy. Right. They and pick it up and know how to do it. Yeah. So when someone says this, this, well, a good example is a child because say there's a child that paints a picture like Picasso or something that they maybe they could be like in a third world country and never seen mm -hmm. it in their life. Right. So you're like, how, where did they get that from? You know, and obviously right. it had to have come from, yes, it was familiar to them, but it had to have come from a different time. And that's what I'm saying. I think I think mm -hmm. the time is is fluid in that manner oh, because yeah. um, it all kind of, especially with with psychics and and remote viewers and stuff, you know, yeah. because we can target. Uh, so essentially, you can tap into historically anyone you want, and and that's what blows my mind that people don't, you know, psychics and stuff. And and that's fine if if you just mm -hmm. want to, you know especially when it deals with paranormal, like, you know, talk to great aunt, you know, Mary or something. Yeah. Th that's fine. But if you have access, like, why would you just ask that? I'm asking spirits, like, questions about the universe. You know, I right. want to know, like, how we began. I'm not like, hey, can you say hi? Can you knock on right. a door? Like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you a question about this, because I am... I don't have uh, that gift just naturally. Is there, can I be doing I something do. to cultivate that? Oh, well, maybe I, maybe I do. And I don't know it. I, yes. is, is there something Definitely that I can do? do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think everybody has that. I don't think it's mm -hmm. something that you, you necessarily do. I think it's something mm -hmm. that all of a sudden you notice. Mm -hmm. um, so with with myself and with most people that, that I've talked to in the same, you know, um, as far as, as highly philosophical people, um, you start to realize that everything in your life has meaning. Everything mm -hmm. has um yes dave Pachella says when let me show that oh yeah oh it show up when the mind is quiet mm, it will come it forward will come. yes absolutely and so mm. a lot of people do um in times of of meditation or or like you with your writing i'm sure that's mm -hmm. when it comes forward because um automatic writing you know yeah. automatic art um oh, yeah. those yeah. things are are technically channeling a, a source the source really mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and and when you kind of work with it and try to um you, you know i love einstein mm -hmm. love einstein i have this little bobblehead and so i started because i see that every day on my desk i started having these these like almost like einstein's memory not the smart part i'm, I'm not like that. but i'm saying like <laughs> like the right. things would would come into my life einstein related you know what i mean so, so it's like yeah. it's, it's the law of attraction but and it, it's almost the same as writing so so right. i do absolutely that's when people start putting all these you know positive um 
making positive signs and stuff to go on your walls or I think that's very helpful. I, mm-hmm. I, with Lyme disease and ADHD and stuff, shoot, I put stuff on my wall that tells me, remember my keys or like, right. Right. Cause you know how many times I've locked myself out of the house, mm. obviously. And so I, your subconscious by doing it so many times, it's not that, like I said, it's not that you're psychic or not that we're all born with this. Your mm. subconscious will override and cause you to look at that and pay attention. And I mm. think that's how it does with people and spirits in the universe. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I need to, yeah, yeah. I I'm, see, I'm open to all of this stuff. And I clearly, like I said, I, I mean, yeah, my, my biggest piece of writing advice for people is like, try to get out of your own way, right? Try yes. to like, just find, you know, just try to get to a space where you're not stopping yourself. And, and then stuff does tend to just kind of come automatically. So I'm familiar with that getting quiet and sort of letting the thing happen. I think I don't do it. I do it in a context where I'm like f- very narrowly focused. And so it ends up, you know, I'm just right. I'm writing stuff that doesn't, isn't obviously correlated with my life, but I think actually is on a certain, on a certain level. So yeah, maybe I need to just kind of let that? it broadcast a little more. Yes. Have you ever have you ever looked into um, hypnosis, uh, like self hypnosis? I haven't. Uh, no. I it, this the again uh, way things happen. I I had written that I wanted to become a hypnotherapist. I didn't even remember writing this, and it wasn't even <laughs> something on my radar of things I had ever <laughs> even. And I went back and I saw it in a journal and i was like that's odd because it was around that time that that i actually became a certified clinical hypnotherapist and out of nowhere just all of a sudden i'm like boom i'm going to this i'm you know interesting and then but i did not remember that i had written that in a journal like you know however long before and i'm like that's odd (laughs) um who did that? Like, but, yeah, right, but what it, right. what it taught me was how these things work, how your, um, you know, your subconscious or, because it always does, um, or your higher conscious, there's, there's so many different terms for it, but it always does what's in your, um, best, you know, for your highest self as, as far mm-hmm. as, um, self-preservation, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, I definitely, yeah, I definitely believe that. I definitely believe and know and sometimes come into contact that there's a, a sub, there are subconscious processes happening below the surface, you know, that, 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 that aren't coming up. We were talking about the, you know, do you see images in your mind? Do you have an internal monologue? I'm aware there's another layer occurring right and that i sometimes get to dip in there and that's kind of what writing is for me too is is it it's a it's a way of like kind of opening up a little porthole to to reach down into that space and and, and withdraw things um you know so interesting you say that because right before right before the show i um again thinking about cards and this it popped up about the um the bicycle brand cards you know the mm-hmm. the playing cards um and it was 
it was how they created during World War II. Um, so nobody knows where they came from. Nobody knows how many decks there were. And, but they, they had playing cards that in between the layers was a map. And if you got oh. each side wet, it was a map to show the prisoners of war an escape route. Whoa. Now what you oh. just said. <laughs> yeah. See, that's how yeah, my, my, I'm, I'm always yeah. like, no, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I'm going to, I want to find, yes. I'm going to find out more about this. Story. I, I that's just, fantastic. And I, I thought I, I took a, that. a picture of it or whatever, but it is actually on the bicycle. Um, playing card website yeah interesting no i definitely want to check that out well i i I love the whole card thing i i'm fascinated partially we're talking about tarot like i'm fascinated by the fact that you know i played euchre and poker and whatnot growing up as a kid like everybody plays cards and and then one day i started playing around the tarot deck and i'm like wait a second this has got this this is the same it's almost the same deck like how did i not know that i was playing euchre with this like version of this like magical system it's very strange that you know you can go to a casino and you're playing with a deck that's very similar to the tarot deck and the yes. tarot deck it's different enough but but you could do a tarot reading with a deck of playing cards oh absolutely right Not, I used no problem to, um yeah actually... no problem at all and so that's that kind of that that's it. that gives me goosebumps just thinking about that, that that there's something going on there there's some resonance and we decided to keep these you know these playing card decks we didn't change we haven't changed them in centuries probably um and they're the same they come from the same source but, as these other cards they are colors and they mm-hmm. are symbols which mm-hmm. is what makes up our entire universe essentially mm-hmm. oh yeah so right. i was a dealer at a casino oh um, really <laughs> something i never <laughs> never <laughs> so That's but again how chapter. things always come back in life you know i looked mm. back at a picture from my senior prom i think because i i was on the board to do all the decorations and stuff mm. and it was a, a dealer hand like the, where you walk under the big archway you know throwing cards. oh yeah okay yeah ironically 20 years later to the day I got my dealer's license. I took my, I went to my uh, dealer audition mm-hmm. after you go through the school and stuff. Yeah. Same day as my senior prom where I took that picture. What? <laughs> so talk what? about like, and I had never wanted to, I didn't picture myself as a dealer. You know, I, yeah. I was like, I'm not an entertainer like that. I don't, right. shoot, I never plan on being on like a radio right. show, but, right. but specific, I was like, what like yeah it just happens right yes. interesting yeah interesting well really... those correspondences happen i think those are supposed to be like hints of something yeah i think that's like yes. a reminder that hey by the way this does all kind of make sense right there is a pattern to all of this you might not totally see it or get it yet but it's all kind of but that's, that's what i was going to say it wasn't until being a dealer that i realized how people's energy quite literally changes the cards i dealt a six hand blackjack on the first hand to my entire table one time (laughs) like because they were all very good people and had great energy and great like but the odds of that happening i'm sure security was double checking like right 
Right. What <laughs> just happened? Um, well, and that's what's fascinating about the tarot is sort of like, so I come from it when I when I give people the reading. Um, I I try to keep it, well, I want it to be a comfortable experience for anybody who might be doing it. So I, I, I try to keep the sort of metaphysical discussion to a low, a fairly low level, right? So it's not like, I'm not going to tell you what your future is. I don't think I can do that anyway, but it's interesting that I will try and keep it at that level. And, um, I'll flip a card and people will be like, is that a, you know, is that a salamander on that card? Yeah. And they're like, oh my, you know, they're, they're, they're all, almost every single time there is something in there that is, it gives them goosebumps because of the correspondences it has with their life and what they're going through and what's happening with them. And I do think they're, I can't, I've done enough readings now that I can't really fight it. They are making those cards, those specific cards come out. That's oh, the only absolutely. way that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, and I think I asked you this before yeah. when you're on chasing, mm -hmm. um, if, if it started to get to where, your out your outer world interacts with you um, the way tarot does. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I see a big semi truck that says night, like K N I G H T, mm -hmm. or I see a tower, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or even like like I walked out yeah. to my car one day, I, I took a picture of it, I was like. It was jack of spades like there was a yeah. playing card laying that's by my bizarre. tire right, and, and right. so but those are that's what i'm telling you you know as mm. far as you were saying you don't think you have those abilities but you absolutely mm. do i think you just um i i think most people i know i didn't forever don't pay attention right to those right. things so yeah you're probably right i think it is a lot of i think it is a lot of just paying attention right and and i've definitely i've certainly gotten better at that um, over time. Um, cause it, it's hard to pay attention. You know what I mean? It's yes. hard to, it's hard to just like be present. Yeah. Be present and focus on things and not judge them for their immediate utility or not. You know, it's, it's, it is, it is challenging. It's funny. I was reading, um, so I got really interested in, uh, the, her, the hermetic order of the golden dawn, right? It's the guy who, who created the Rider Waite Smith deck in conjunction with Pamela Coleman Smith, he is this organization he was very involved with in the, you know, sort of turn of the century. So I was reading about, there's a book about how to initiate yourself into the hermetic order of the golden dawn. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Let me see, like, what do I, what do I got to do? Huh. Right. And literally <laughs> like the first six weeks of training, quote unquote training, it's all about making you pay attention. It's yes. every day, every day, it's some new exercise and it's entirely focused on making you pay attention. And it's, it's the start. It's incredibly mundane. It's just, you know, go for a five minute walk and say, identify everything you can see. So it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, there's three dandelions, there's a, a red mailbox, there's, you know, you, and you just name, you, you sort of identify as many things as you can in your walk. And that's what you do for every day for a week. And it was surprising to me because I was expecting to crack this thing open and get, you know, s burn something and say a, some words, a, some specific words and all that. And it was literally just 
sort of tapping me on the shoulder and say like, hey, you should probably pay attention to what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. that's how you it's that's the sort of the first step so i think about that a lot and, I, and I did follow that for a while until i excuse me got distracted by twitter <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing you know that's that's why i'm so and, and my listeners even and stuff they're probably like trish okay come on you've been saying you're gonna finish your website for like six months now <laughs> but i i live in the city and it will quite literally kill me if mm -hmm. I don't stay grounded and stay out in nature and, and stay, you know. Mm -hmm. I believe that. Um, so social media, actually, even I don't even really watch TV hardly. I don't, I don't, I like electronics aren't, so I grew up on top of a mountain, you know, so this mm -hmm. is like foreign to me. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's why I, I especially nature, you know, I always... I, I went through a period like you where I tried to make a point as far as being mindful. Mm -hmm. And so anytime certain elements of, of nature especially showed up in my life, I would research it and see the symbolism mm -hmm. and try that, try that. So anytime, like you can write down, you can especially manifest it that way, write mm -hmm. down whatever symbol you want to, to mean to you. Uh, kind of like tarot, how it means, mm -hmm. other, you know, so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, a flower, I want this to mean yes or no or whatever to the right. universe, you know, and I want a right. bird to mean or like a specific, but it has to be something specific. It has to be like a, like a, I was like, okay, if I'm going to like, if I should take this job today, I'm going to go out and see a golden rose, you know, right. But but here's the problem. People go out looking for that specifically. Like they want a real live rosebud, you know, to show up. Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing. I was like, well, it didn't show up today. It didn't show up, today. It show up it. the next day. Right. And then I realized and by some profound, you know, it was like some person passing me on the street or somebody out marketing or whatever handed me a business card and it was for like a restaurant a, a chinese food restaurant or whatever that had a golden rose on it and i'm like yeah right that's it that's the yeah seriously like <laughs> yeah, so, gonna... so it can be very subtle you know and i mm -hmm. i and so at that same time i realized that i had a sign by by my door literally that said pay attention to the little things and i'm like oh my gosh and i haven't been doing that <laughs> I'm like wow yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds that sounds right yeah though i i i can appreciate that looking for looking for signs and they're not going to come um In they the have to text. yeah they have to remain sort of mysterious or else mm -hmm. they don't they kind of lose their power i i think so yeah yeah interesting or, but but i will i will always look up the the spiritual meaning i guess mm -hmm. of any animal that, I, that i'm not familiar with it's it's uh mm -hmm. symbolism that crosses oh, yeah. my path it might seem very monday i could be having the worst day of my life and like right. an ant and if you yeah. look up the spiritual symbolism of, a, of an ant let me tell you, you're going to get, you're, you're going to go through, you might cry. Okay? Oh, I imagine there's, I've never <laughs> looked that up, but I imagine it's got to do with strength I mean, and, and yes. collective behavior. And I can sort of imagine where that starts to go for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. There, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely being present. You know, that's definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's no. hard. It's hard in this state. Day it is. It is. And it, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, no, no, it's, I, I think that's, I mean, I think that is, 
sort of that's like the spiritual battle that's happening now is like can you can you pay attention can yes. you stay on track and that's not like get your spreadsheet done for your boss on time but like can you no. remain yourself through the day like can you fend off all of these things that are trying to sort of co-opt you um whether that's the internet or you know other people or tv or you know various messages you're getting can you yeah i think that's that's and we're all failing it different ways probably but um yeah i think that's i think that's I, I important think that's, to think about you know another sign i have on my wall is that life is meant to be lived you know, mm -hmm. sometimes, mm -hmm. especially overthinkers, we get so consumed and evolved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I go off on some rabbit hole of quantum physics or something, and all of a mm -hmm. sudden I'm like, ooh, mm -hmm. ooh like, uh, yeah. and I wouldn't even sleep for that matter. Like, I wouldn't close a book. <laughs> and I would right. no, I know what you mean. Done. Like, I, I probably I, wouldn't I, even walk my dog or any. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, so there does have to be balance like we we do have to i i do consider to an extent overthinking and addiction because mm -hmm. yeah well the tarot the tarot is the there's there's some strong no matter what kind of interpretive school you come from and to approach the tarot there are some strong themes to it and one of them is the dangers of the intellect yeah so it's not telling you to be dumb but but there's a reason supervillains in movies are super smart that's the way that i think about it and it's because when you put that in charge you run into trouble right like it's a yes. it's a wonderful it's a wonderful servant and a terrible master the the problem solving mind the way i think of it um and that's because if you, it, the problem solving mind, if it doesn't have a real problem, it will make up a problem. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so, so then what you've got is you're just inventing problems to solve. <laughs> and, yes. and that's one of these weird things is like, is the, mo the modern lifestyle has been, and it's fairly good at this in a lot of ways. It's been sort of designed to make things as convenient as possible. And instead of, and, and some of us, I'm guilty of this, some of us, instead of sort of enjoying that convenience, have just sought m other problems. Like the problem used to be, you know, like, how am I going to get this, my crops in in time or whatever, right. right? And now it's just like, well, I got all those problems solved and I got laundry is solved because we got a washing machine and um, how I'm going to communicate was solved with people's got a computer and I got a car and, and all the problems are solved. And so then you just start and then you can start parasite parasitizing yourself, right? Like, oh, okay, gosh. well, then this is the thing that's wrong with me. And that's the thing I get, you know, yes. and, and it's, it, it's, again, it's a super powerful tool, problem, the, the problem solving part, but like, it can yeah it can it you can it can start to eat itself i think that's Ooh. the that's one of the biggest lessons i've actually learned from throwing tarot cards it's like because that's that's where i go i'm yeah. a i'm a i'm an aries i'm a head first i'm a i'm a i headbutt stuff until it breaks and and um the thing that i've learned from the tarot is like yeah you might want to just feel this one out 
Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe you don't need to like actually crack this one open. You could just kind of, you know, figure you could kind of just feel it out or think think through your stomach or, you know, it doesn't always have so, to be through your head. Perfect example while you mm -hmm. were saying that. You know, I've been mm -hmm. drinking my tea here. It's mm -hmm. a yogi yeah. tea. Mm -hmm. And I grabbed it real quick. And usually I at some point read all Yogi Tea has a little message on mm -hmm. the tag, right? Okay, yeah. But I, I hadn't, you know, as I, I just set my tea on my desk and I, I came over when I started the show. Mm -hmm. Perfect timing, of course, for me to read that. <laughs> yeah. The unknown is where all outcomes are possible. Enter it with grace. Ah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, it's funny. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, I, I was, I was mentioning to you that right before you and I, um, well, I came on here. I was giving a tarot reading to somebody um, and I'm not going to say much about it because that was our conversation, but I will say grace came up, the concept of grace. And we spent about five or 10 minutes talking about grace. Like, okay, what does that mean? To you? When I say that, what, you know, and it's just interesting that you, that, that comes up on that. Cause that's, that's a huge synchronicity that gave me the goosebumps when you said the word grace. Yes. So. Um, grace <laughs> is, it's gave me the goosebumps that yeah. you just told this story yeah. because grace is, um, oh man, I have so many stories about that. Actually, there's, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of I mean, this goes there, there's even an entire book about a, a witch named grace oh really so okay that's i and as you said that i was i was looking at your i had highlighted on um you know a lot of the pages of your book on yeah. in house of sleep mm -hmm. um like the diving man and and that whole concept and mm. and you hear that a lot nowadays you know that pe people say um the metaphysical world or, or spiritualists or, or deep thinkers or whatever they call them, deep divers. Mm -hmm. um, but it's funny because, and I always joked about, and I was just saying, you know, I, I never would have thought I would have been on the radio, mm -hmm. but it was 20 years ago when I was in college. Um, and I, I saw this story as a joke, like um, the first, I, I don't, I can't believe I, no, I don't know if I'm going to say this. I, I was drinking, you know, as mm -hmm. a college student, mm -hmm. which is completely, um, probably wasn't responsible back then mm -hmm. because we were out at a lake. My, my friend, one of my friends and I, you know, after kids go out mm -hmm. and, um, we also tried tobacco, mm -hmm. I should say mm -hmm. for the first time ever. Mm -hmm or something similar and um, <laughs> for the first time. And so here I was, you know, at, at this lake out in dark woods, like a scary movie time mm -hmm. thing. And, and we're sitting there and, and we're like, okay, let's go. It was in, it was nice weather, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then we got scared. We're like, Oh no, no, no. There's, there's mm. not enough light. There's not enough moonlight. There's trees surrounding us. We, we mm. had parked in this like, little cove area with a dock next to us you know and typical like crystal lake type you know scenario here. So we're thinking, <laughs> right right of course me you know the watching scary movies half my life and talking to ghosts i was like oh no oh i've yeah. seen the ending to this i am not you know gonna be like drunk and high out here on, on right the dock you know right and right so, so we're sitting there and look we get in the car roll the windows up because that was smart mm -hmm. 
terrible idea, by the way. <laughs> and so I'm looking over and I see this thing crawl out of this lake, oh. flopping around on the dock. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe, maybe this is what I don't like this. I don't no. like this feeling. I don't, I'm one of those people. I don't, I don't like not having my, my mind, um, I don't like it being influenced <laughs> but okay. by, by, I, I, um, was tapping my friend on that. I was like, do you, do you see, do you see? Cause I thought it was just my own head. I'm, I'm like, maybe, right. maybe <laughs> your mind can play tricks on you. you maybe, smoke, maybe yeah, this is what alcohol or whatever it does. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, do you, do you see that? And she's like, Oh my God, there's somebody like, there's something <laughs> oh, on the light thing. It's like swamp creature, right? So I'm right. building this up in my head, literally, and that's that's what reminded me of of your yeah in relation to your book. And this thing gets up and starts coming towards my car, and I'm like, oh, oh no, oh, oh no! <laughs> like it looks like literally something out of a a movie, like some monster, like swamp oh, creature. God. And oh, it God. ended up being a man who was practicing for like a triathlon. But doing oh, it in the middle of the night, so there's no wake oh and there's God. no boat, and you know, oh my and it was cooler, and he had full-on scuba gear, and I'm like, dude, oh my God, you gotta not do that, man. Say something, just, <laughs> <laughs> just like have a like, light on, right? No, he just came in like I'm sure he was yeah. tired, you know, from probably flopping yeah. on the dock and just laying yeah. there for a minute. Yeah, he could have just been like, hey, I'm Bob, don't worry right. about me. Yeah. So it's one of those situations, and so. Then after that, we were so, got so upset and flustered and scared to death. We took off, you know, and we're driving and then we got lost. So we decided yeah. to call the radio station because that's what you do back in like the, the late nineties, <laughs> early two thousands, right? Yeah. Call, yeah. call, the, call radio the radio station. station. And they, uh, we asked them to come find us and uh, bring us some donuts and take <laughs> us to see the sunrise. So, <laughs> yes. That sounds like quite an adventure. Yeah, they see this van driving. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But it was like the amount of buildup in our minds of what we thought was going. I mean, yes, right. we were under right. the influence, but yeah. this whole story, like, it, and it was such different things going on that yeah. that weren't yeah. actually happening. You know? And, oh, well, see, so you put that. You get that thing. You get that thing in the dark. You know, it gets yeah. It gets it gets, it gets tricky. You know, you can. You can go and I mean, there's. And an I think interesting... that's what we do with rabbit holes. You oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You think there's you, you start imagining sort yeah. of things. You can you can you can like, you know, you can you can stick your hand in a dark room that you you're not familiar with, and you'll get you'll get like I get images flashing to my head of you know monsters. You know, even though I'm I'm long past I th thinking of monsters under my bed, but but uh, um, I've spent a lot of time in. Um, as part of a, a day job I had, I spent a lot of time in sewers, like actual live sewers. Oh my gosh. I just think uh, of Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a little, <laughs> little that was always the joke that you come up and somebody'd say, Do you see the Ninja Turtles down there? So I'd spend, you know, there are times I spent the entire day in a sewer multiple times. And uh what is interesting about that is you would start to have um like what I would refer as like time hallucinations. Like you could be down there once you're down there for like half an hour to an hour you lost all track of time and the other thing was be interesting it was interesting too is like you're walking in a there's this it's just a tunnel it's a straight line right 
But if you that's interesting. Sometimes if you got like say you you were with a couple people and you 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 were looking at something, right? Because a lot of times what our job was was to inspect them. So you're looking at something and you know you're looking and you're talking and you're looking at the thing, you're taking a photo, and then and then you're done and you'll go, wait, which way are we supposed to be going? Right? Mm -hmm. You just get you get kind of lost. Even though there's no options, you know, it makes sense. You get lost in a maze where there's a bunch of turns. It's very weird to get lost when you never took a turn, if that makes sense. No, so, I, I yeah. totally get that. Yeah. And so there was no storms. Yeah. Yeah. And it would mess with your head like that being down there and you come up in a different spot than you went in. And it's very it, it definitely showed me how dependent my perspective was on all these excuse me, outside cues, you know, I didn't see sunlight for seven or eight hours. So I had no idea what time it was. I didn't know if it was 5 p.m. or if it was, um, uh, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, I see the we're chat in, there. Um, the this, oh, this is uh, this is in the Detroit, Michigan area. Where I was doing sewers. So old stuff. This is kind of interesting. Some of it was like 120 years old. Yeah. Have you seen Maze Runner? I haven't seen Maze Runner. I no. haven't seen that many. You know, like I said, most movies I see have. There's a reason I've I've watched them. I I usually don't learn that till later. But yeah. um, that's kind. Of, it's like a labyrinth type. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So this is this is we're talking about like the writing process. This is the kind of stuff that I have to take that and then I put it somewhere and then at some other point something else makes sense with it and then i have then you know then i have a process then it's starting to roll and i can start to integrate it and you know turn it into turn it into a story that has some legs so i'm like working with this sewer stuff now like that's trying to figure out a an interesting way to make that a compelling narrative right well yeah. so that that's what i was going to say is there's um actual in in a lot of um spiritual practices there's there's labyrinths you know there's mm -hmm. one right outside of my town that that you can go and meditate and and, and self-discovery and things so do you mm -hmm. think and, and just like with the ninja turtles you know they were <laughs> actually good mm -hmm. um but there have been uh like minotaurs it. yeah i was it. gonna say yeah. really yeah. bad you know yeah. i it, almost lost my mind when there was a red balloon by the storm <laughs> the storm uh, drain <laughs> drain by my house one day and it was just oh. from a kid's you know a kid down the street was having a birthday party or something right. but the fact that it floated i was like all right right oh, hell no today, today see i think day oh i think there's i think there's there's the underground has meant very profound and interesting things to people over the cultural epochs so it's like okay we bury people underground there, there's practical reasons for that but it goes deeper than that too i mean the cave art the, i've been reading a lot about cave art the the, the links that ancient people went to to access yes. these areas to paint these it's it the the significance it must have held to them is mm -hmm. astronomical you know around the time when Christianity was was coming into being, you know, after the time of Christ, there was another religion that was quite popular called Mithraism. And part of Mithraism, and there's temples all over Europe to, to Mithras, huh. was uh, they were underground. They're all underground. They're these basement temp they're like basement temples that you would go down into, right? And 
and th- 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 this is just we've had we've always had this this relationship to the underground stuff we we hide things there we hide from things there you know i spent some time in turkey where they have these large underground they call them cities which makes it sound like they're still active but they're not where people went and built living capacity for thousands of people underground with very small access points and that was to hide from you know invaders they have those in kansas there's actually a metropolis in kansas city it's there's businesses underground they're not in operation now right right Um, right so we've yes we've always had this relationship it's it's another world down there but it's kind of like ours and it's 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 a place where our imagination kind of populates that space down there it's yeah it's very it's very interesting that's the sort of symbol i'm thinking about the most these days it's funny that you i you know this entire theme today even even in my work there it was like uh on history history channel was on and um it mentioned um in different countries things being buried underground but there was an entire I, I was trying to think of on the same theme of, of, you know, house of sleep, how you can think of that in other manners, just this, mm-hmm. the name of your title. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had remembered about an entire uh, Missouri town that fascinating. went to sleep. Whoa, um, really? Yeah. Oh. And they didn't know like the whole, it, and that one ended up being a government project, but then there was another one and um, might've been around, turkey or somewhere i i know it was it was in that vicinity and this Hmm. entire they like scientists research nobody could figure out why this like two thousand people couldn't stay awake and everybody was became terrified of going to sleep because they'd go into like a coma i mean like literal like two three weeks and come you know come out of this sleep and not know what happened or like just fall asleep on the road driving or and it happened to the entire um, town and they had tested for like radon and right. radiation and gas um, and stuff. Probably. Yes, carbon yeah. dioxide, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, wow. And um, it ended up being um, the uranium mines <laughs> underneath them. <laughs> I mean, it caused right. people to have like seizures. All kinds. so, right. but the oh. entire town they they thought it was some like sci-fi like. Right. They were ter- they're like it was it was like a sleep monster like yeah, they were it's, right right it's terrifying it's inexplicable right yeah it's terrifying and so that was on another synchronicity with with me coming <laughs> i had started reading it um back when you were on chasing yeah. and you know got busy to shut but sure. everything happens for a reason like we mm-hmm. always you know everything happens in my life anyways my beliefs exactly when it's meant to mm. so recently i uh I haven't had Lyme disease in a long time. You know, I've, I've been pretty healthy over the years and I, I had a relapse in the oh, last no. uh, month or two. And with Lyme disease, you sleep a lot. Like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I didn't, I couldn't, but I was incredibly like, I couldn't stay awake. It's almost like narcolepsy to some point. Right. And um, for a psychic or a medium to some extent, that's terrifying because that's how people access your brain, you know, and is especially when you're with sleeping. Ab- yes. And especially with abductions and stuff, because a lot of times, um, extraterrestrials, that's when you're, ab- 
they make you go to sleep. They hypnotize you and they make you go to sleep. And then that's when they take you. So for me, that's a very triggering thing. And to not be able to control that and just like fall asleep. I was like, here I am, you know, like all these other, you know, making my, my own horror stories right. because Whoa. of an illness or whatever. So wow. it's interesting. Wow. Huh. Well, I'm sorry to hear you had a relapse. I, I have some personal experience, not myself, but other people with Lyme disease. And that is nasty. Yes. That's, that's, yes. that's terrible. It's actually, this isn't a plug, but, but this is another synchronicity. Daniel in house of sleep is afflicted by a pretty serious disorder of some kind and that was inspired by <laughs> i don't name it in the book and because I, I wanted to take creative liberties with it but that was inspired by people i know who had lyme disease and were really seriously impacted by it so yeah my yes, thoughts and, and prayers that... are with you holding that at bay i know how terrible well that is. Uh, no but but that's what i'm saying is is amazing about your book because with the the numerous personalities of characters i mean i i i could relate to to many of them but i think that's that's what what draws people in and that's that's what makes it you know almost at the time when i was reading it when i was i couldn't physically do a lot because of Lyme disease and I started reading your book um that's an escape and that helps people you know yeah, it's, and yeah, so yeah. especially if you can relate to it so right. I, I think that's amazing right right hmm. gosh Brad tell people how to find you again sure. we've yeah. already it's already been two hours I know like, that was great it's been great it's, <laughs> it's lovely to talk to you um yeah the easiest way to find me is on Twitter um brad kelly just b-r-a-d-k-e-l-l-y um i also have a website where you can find house of sleep um you can find my writings on the tarot um short stories that's brad kelly-esque that's e-s-q-u-e dot com um i also have links to uh art of darkness on there a podcast about the the dark side of creativity as told through the the life stories of a variety of artists people from william s burroughs to johnny cash to uh, actually pamela coleman smith the artist behind the rider Waite smith tarot deck we did an episode on dug into her life and it was fascinating um mostly writers because we're writers james joyce um philip k dick i'm working on an episode now on hieronymus bosch who people don't know is this painter from the 1400s who painted garden of earthly delights these amazing insane triptychs with demons and hell and all that so trying to tell the life story about him and nobody knows anything about his life so it's i uh, might have bit off a little more than i can chew but it should be fun um you can find that our our show at art of uh, artofdarkpod.com new episodes as often as we can crank them out um and Excuse me. Also, if you want a tarot reading, uh, I have a contact form on my website on the tarot page. Hit me up and, um, you know, we'll see what we can do. So, yeah. Yes. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Speaking yeah. of which, let me just a second. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Trish is going to grab something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the other thing I should say, too, is um, the House of Sleep, the first third of it is available for free in audio. So if you go to the website, um, bradkellyesque.com, it'll take you to the House of Sleep page. You can click on audio. You can listen to the first third of it in like Spotify or whatever. I was going to say when you said that, and I don't even know why I brought these home. Like I did these a long time ago mm-hmm. and um but I never finished them as I don't until 
in paintings. <laughs> and I just thought the other day, I'm like, I'm going to bring that home. I'm going to put some like monsters and ghosts and stuff in my trippy Whoa. garden. Oh, I love this. Yeah. It's like around the, but you were just talking about the, yeah, the garden. Yeah. Yes. That does look bought. <laughs> excuse me it does look boshy that's very just cool a synchronous yeah. and yeah. i left it sitting right here by my think on that one absolutely well yeah this Brad. was so much fun thank you so much for having me back that was uh yes this, is, this has been great this is it's been a pleasure i'll have to have you again in the future i'm gonna anytime. take notes on things that anytime like, Ooh, yeah we'll, we'll have to dive into that subject yeah and then yeah. i'll just i'll make the whole it'll be like an alphabet of lists <laughs> no, that's okay that's okay we'll find something to talk about one way or the other yeah Brad, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Listeners, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, we are rebroadcast on, on every major um, podcast you can find us. And be sure to join me next week as well. Um, now that my show's two hours. So thank you all and have a good night. Good night, Brad. Good night.